Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Give, give that. Be clapping for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Is anybody grateful this morning? Is anybody grateful this morning? Is anybody saved? Amen. Shout for the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. How glad I am to be here this morning. Amen. With the first group and with you all. We are here because Jesus died for us. And uh, today is exactly one week before he resurrected, before he came from the dead. Amen. And he gave us life, an abundant life. And we have that life this morning. Él nos dio vida y vida en abundancia. Habrá alguien que hable español en esta mañana. Levante su mano, a ver. Wow, wow, man, it's a big bunch. Dios les bendiga a todos. Qué bueno estar acá. God bless you all. It's a privilege to be here this morning. And with me is a spiritual son, Edwin. Would you stand, please? <clears throat> I bring you greetings from Church of God, Prince of Peace, my wife, my kids, and the leadership over there in uh, Oleander Avenue in Port St. Lucie. Uh, and I'm so grateful to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Alex and wife uh, are great friend of ours and we share the same spiritual DNA. Uh, and I congratulate him and, and every pastor and all the leaders, uh, you are doing an amazing job here. Will you put your hands together for Oceans, this is a great church, amen, amen. And I said this morning that it's amazing when you can go to a church, when you can feel the presence of the Lord like we do this morning, amen, both services. Uh, and I said that uh, many, uh, we all know that the presence, that God is everywhere. God is even in hell, so you know. Okay, he created hell, so hell cannot touch God. Okay, so he's everywhere, including hell, bad places, okay? And don't, don't be scared. Hell is not going to do any harm to the Lord, okay? He created hell for the devil, not for us, okay? But I don't know if, he, if, our, uh, if we have any takers here this morning. I hope not. No, we want to go to heaven. How many go to heaven? We are waiting for that trumpet sound. We are waiting for that trumpet sound. Is anybody ready? Is anybody ready this morning? I'm waiting for the trumpet sound. And we will fly away with the Lord. Amen. But I was saying that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. But his presence is not activated everywhere. Okay. What activates the presence of the Holy Spirit it's the church because the Holy Spirit lives in the church. And when you praise him and when you worship him, then miracles start to happen. Then lives start being transformed. 
So that is why church cannot be quiet. We got to shout. We got to praise. We must worship. We must recognize God's presence in this place. And when you shout and when you praise and when you worship, the presence of the Holy Spirit starts to move and miracles start to happen. Anybody can say amen this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody may say, well, why you got to scream? Because we have something within us. Because God has done so much, we cannot be quiet. As a matter of fact, when Jesus, on a day like today, enters Jerusalem, people started shouting, Hosanna to the king. And they shout loud, very loud. And some of the religious people said, listen, hey, Jesus, tell you people to shut up. To be quiet. They were bothered by the praise and the worship. I don't think anybody here is going to be bothered if you, if you shout, if you praise, if you worship. Because he deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praising. Because he has done so much. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Jesus said, if they be quiet, the stones will praise and worship me. So don't allow the stones to praise him. We're going to praise him. We're going to worship him. We're going to say how many things he's done for me, for my family. And as a matter of fact, God is not nervous. You can shout. He's not going to be scared. There was this guy in certain church who couldn't be quiet. He was a shouter. Have you met a shouter in church? <laughs> See, uh, I'm a sports man. I like baseball, basketball, soccer, softball, you name it. I like most sports. And when I go, and when you go, and when you watch football, and when you, watch, when you watch the final four like last night, anybody watched? I did. And if you were at the stadium, you shout for your team. How many shout for your team? Right? But guess what? Some people shout at the stadium, but they don't shout in church. So it's okay to shout in church. It's okay to praise God, it's okay to raise your voice and let everybody know that you've been saved by the best. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Se vale gritar para Cristo en la casa del Señor. Se vale adorarle. Se vale alabarle. Es bueno que alabemos, que adoremos para que todo el mundo sepa que Jesucristo nos ha cambiado. Let everybody knows that you've been changed by the best. Hallelujah. So this guy was shouting every two minutes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and he shouted, he shouted, he shouted. And, and people were getting get nervous. 
and even scared. I mean, this guy is a, is a real shouter. I mean, he shouts every minute, you know? And at the end of the service, some, somebody who was visiting the church, it happened that he was sitting next to this shouter. It was his first time. I mean, he didn't know about how we go crazy sometimes. For Christ. It's okay to go crazy sometimes for Christ. When you remember where you were. And where you are today. When you remember that he lifted you up. From a ditch. And he brought you over here. You got to shout. You must shout, hallelujah. So this guy asked one of the pastors at the end of the service, listen, it's the first time that I come here. But this guy who I was sitting next to, he got me crazy. I could barely hear what they were saying up front. And the pastor said, you know what the reason is? You know why the man shouted so much? Because he was born mute. And Jesus just healed him a week ago. So he can stay quiet. So when Jesus did something for you, you gotta shout, you gotta let the hell, you gotta let the devil, you gotta let the world, you gotta let everybody that Jesus change your life. You gotta shout for Christ. There's no way they can keep you quiet. No hay manera que nos mantengan callados. Tenemos que gritar que Jesucristo es el Señor. We gotta shout that Jesus Christ is the Lord. So everybody knows. And when the devil hears that, the devil has to run. Demons have to run. When you praise, there's no demon around you. They cannot stand a praising man, a praising woman. The devil cannot stand when you praise, when you worship, when you give the honor, the glory, the praising to the one and only who deserves all the honor. His name is Jesus, the one who dies. But on the third day, he came from the dead and he's seated in the right hand of the Father. That is your God. That is my God. His name is Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 To God be the glory. Adios. Sea la gloria. A Dios sea la gloria. Jesus came to my life when I was only 13. 13 years old. I was Catholic. And I used to do my prayers every day. 
at six o'clock. A teenager, 13 years old. I was doing the wrong thing because I didn't know better. But I used to pray with my grandma every day. And I learned all the trick of the trade. And I repeated the same thing every day. That's not the right way to do it. That's the, no, because you pray from your heart. You don't repeat things every day. You pray, and pray means a dialogue. You talk to God, and God listens. But you don't repeat the same thing over and over. But guess what? Jesus was so merciful. I thought I was on the right, on the right track, but I was on the wrong track. When Jesus came, I recognized that there's only one way to the Father. There's not two ways, or three ways, or four ways. The highway to heaven is only one way. And his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus. He's the only Savior. There's no other way. So if you are listening this morning... Jesus wants to save you. That is why he came. He came and died and resurrected because in his mind, eternal mind, your name was there. When he died, your name was in his mind. And he shed his blood thinking, about you, about you, about you, about you, about me, about all of us. Ain't that amazing? And we weren't that good either. We weren't that good either. He died for all of us sinners. Me being the first. And that is why we are here today. Because he died for us. And again, I would like to thank Pastor Alex, great man of God, for this opportunity. I'm going to speak about maybe 10 minutes more, 15 20. <laughs> How many want me to speak five minutes more? Let me see the visual. Five, five, five. 20, 20, 20. 20, 40, 60, 80. <laughs> A few minutes. I want to talk about. A divine encounter. A divine encounter. Un encuentro divino. Could you say that with me in Spanish? Un encuentro divino. Again, un encuentro divino. There you go, you know Spanish already. 
a divine encounter. How many of us already had a divine encounter with Jesus? How many thank him for that divine encounter? How many thank him for that divine encounter? Amen. Do you remember? Te acuerdas? Do you remember that particular day or night? I remember vividly. And it's been more than five years ago. Okay? It's been more than, more than five years ago. When that I had, I was 13. So it's got to be more than five years ago. But I remember vividly when Jesus came into my heart. And I thought that I was on the right path. But he showed me that I wasn't. And he's been so good to me since that encounter. I love him dearly. How many love Jesus dearly? How many have Jesus in the first place in your life? John, uh, John, John chapter 4, which I read this morning. And uh, I'm going to read from cha uh, chapter 4 a few verses. And I'm going to be talking as I read, okay? Uh, this divine encounter talks about the uh, Samaritan women. Okay, it's a classic passage in the Bible about the Samaritan woman and uh, Samaria. As I said this morning, used to be, used to be a Jew community. But 700, 800 years after, probably 700, I, I think I mentioned eight, uh, a, a thousand, but it's probably 700, seven, eight, Hundred years before Christ, when the kingdom of the north, they got together with the Assyrians, okay, and they married the Assyrians. They were invaded by the Assyrians and they started marrying uh, men and women from that country. So they mixed together. So Jews don't mix, but the kingdom of the north, they mix. So the south, which had two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, they did not mix. So they, they held that grudge against their peers, their brothers, Jews from the north, 10 tribes, because they mix with other nations. So they carry that grudge for seven, eight hundred years at least until Christ. They needed to go to Urea or from Urea to uh, Galilee or vice versa. And they had to go through Samaria, but they avoided going through Samaria because they didn't want to talk to Samaritans. And as I said this morning, you need to go through Samaria. And there are so many things that resembles in our lives the same picture that the Jews had 
You know what they used to do? They used to go through the Jordan River to avoid going through Samaria, and they did twice as much the mileage, okay? Just to avoid encountering a Samaritan. Just to avoid seeing a Samaritan in their way to get to wherever they were going. And I gotta focus on this part right now and say to somebody, how long it took seven, eight hundred years for Jesus to break that yoke? But how many of us need to go through our Samaria? You holding grudges for a month, a year, two years, 25 years against your father because he did something to you when you were a teenager and you're still holding grudges. That's your Samaria. And God says this morning, you got to go. You must go through your Samaria. You got to solve it out. You got to face your giant because your Samaria is that grudge that you are holding after 20, 30, 50 years. You must go through your Samaria. It may be that the wife holding something against the husband, you must go through your Samaria. It must be the husband holding grudges, bitterness in your heart. For how many years? Billy Graham testified a long time ago, he's in the presence of God now, that a woman, sister in Christ, sent a letter to his ministry saying that if it was okay for her to forgive her husband who did bad things against her. But it's been, she said in the letter, it's been 25 years that he passed away. And she was asking if it was okay to forgive him. He's dead for 25 years. So imagine this woman was a prisoner of her own bitterness. And God wants to free you today from your own bitterness. Let it go. Let it go, let it go in the name of Jesus. You're free indeed in Jesus' name. But it takes will. You must do it from your heart. You gotta let it go. Because nobody with bitterness can be happy. You gotta let it go. So this was 
the situation of the Jews. They were bitter for 700 years against the Samaritan, their brothers and sisters. They, they didn't want to let it go. As a matter of fact, they were pride or, or proud, okay? The pride was consuming them. And many people, their pride is consuming them. And pride is one of the worst sins. As a matter of fact, it's the first sin in heaven. Lucifer, he was full of pride. And that is why he thought he was equal to the Lord. That is why the Lord says that he's, he, looked a proud, he looks at proud people from afar. And he loves humbleness. See, those are opposite. Humbleness and proud people. So pride doesn't allow you to let go of the bitterness because you, we sometimes justify that bitterness. And we say, I have the right to be bitter because he or she did that and he doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Guess what? Neither do you. Neither do I. None of us deserve to be forgiven. And God forgave us of all sins. And he doesn't remember, as a matter of fact, what you did yesterday. He already forgave you. So you should forgive your peer in the name of Jesus. By the same token that he forgave you, you should forgive. I should forgive. So it was needed. The Spanish version says, Y le era necesario pasar por Samaria. In Spanish, le era necesario. It means it was needed for Jesus to go through Samaria. He could have taken the longest route. But it was needed for him because he knew that he had to bring peace into his peer. Because Samaritans were also part of Israel. They made a mistake back in the days, but these people now, 700, 800 years later, they didn't know the challenges their peers had when they made a mistake, you see? Because it's easy to judge somebody when you are not in their shoes. That is why Jesus allows us to go through something so we can know what people are going through. So Jesus needed to go through Samaria and he did. So today, today, God says you need to go through your Samaria. And think, what is my Samaria? What is my challenge that I have to walk into and face it because I may be afraid. What will the people say if I do that? Because they didn't want to go through Samaria because they were afraid of what their neighbor would say when they came back. Oh, you went through Samaria. 
oh, you, you, you're selling us out or whatever. Yes, but you got to face your giant and you got to defeat your fear in the name of Jesus because fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you away from the blessings of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is for people with courage. And we are courageous. Do we have any courageous people here? Could you put your hands together for the Lord? Yes. Amen. So Jesus went through Samaria and he encountered this woman, this Samaritan woman, who had many challenges. And he says to her, give me a drink. Jesus, the fountain of living water, is asking a woman, he's asking this woman to give him something to drink. Wow. And I said this morning, what is Jesus asking you to give him? Today, the number one thing that you got to give him that he wants from you is your heart. Your will. So that we can say, like Paul, Galatians 2.20, we, with Christ, I am crucified. And I don't live no longer because Jesus lives in me. You see, your will should be brought to the cross and let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let the Holy Spirit be your GPS. If the Holy Spirit is your GPS, you will never get lost again. You will always get to the right place at the right time because the Holy Spirit never fails. Sometimes the GPS takes you to the wrong place. Do I have any weakness? For the Holy Spirit will always take you to the right place at the right time. When you are guided by the Spirit, you will conquer. Uh, amen. You will conquer everything in the name of Jesus. But you got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus started talking to this woman. At some point he says, well, this is the well of Jacob. See, she's claiming to have authority because Jacob was our father she said and she was right okay Jacob is a big man in the Bible but she didn't know at that time that she was talking to somebody way bigger than Jacob she didn't know that as a matter of fact this man talking to her met Jacob do you know that remember when Jacob fought with the angel Remember that, remember that Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me? And the angel, which was Jesus, okay, that was the angel of God. It wasn't a common angel. Okay, J Jacob faced Jesus because the angel of God in the Old Testament is Jesus. Anytime you see in the Old Testament the angel of God, that's Jacob. I mean, that's Jesus. So, the angel asked, what is your name? And Jacob said, Jacob? And he said to Jacob, your name is no longer going to be Jacob. Because Jacob meant the old man. 
the liar, the faker. That was Jacob. But the angel asked, so Jacob confessed who he was before God. Don't be ashamed to confessing who you are from your heart because God is not going to shame you. He's going to He's gonna transform you and sanctify you. And he's going to receive you. And he's going to cast away all your shame and all your sin. And he's going to make you a new creature. Amen. So at that moment, he said, your name is no longer going to be Jacob. From now on, you're going to be called Israel. So she didn't know that Jesus, that Jesus met that Jacob. And that that Jesus was way more powerful than Jacob, the one who built that well. Today, I mean, you may be thinking that so-and-so is powerful, but I'm going to, I got news for you. The most powerful one is Jesus Christ. He's the, he's the almighty God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And he said, give me something to drink. And that conversation carried on, it carried on for some time. They spoke, hablaron un ratito, conversaron. At some point, he said, bring me your husband. Tráeme a tu marido. Y la mujer dijo, yo no tengo marido. Y él dijo, bien has dicho, no tengo marido. Porque cinco maridos ha tenido y el que tienes tampoco es tuyo. Jesus said, bring me your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, well said, because you have had five husbands. You have had five husbands. And the one you have right now is not even your husband. So check this out. At that time, a woman couldn't divorce her husband. The husband was the one with the power to give her a letter of divorce and reject that woman. So this woman had been rejected at least five times. But guess what? Jesus welcome the rejected. As a matter of fact, all of us here, don't be thinking about somebody else. All of us here has been rejected because of our sins. And the only reason why the Father can look at us is because Jesus it's in front of us. And when the father look at me, he don't see me. He sees Jesus. He sees me through Jesus. And his holiness is in me. His holiness is in the church. And that is why the father can see us. So in a way, we are being rejected because of our sins. But this woman was rejected also by his, her peers. No woman could see her. That's why she went to get water at 12 o'clock. 
in the middle of the day when it was really heated. The sun was shining with all the power. Why? Because she wanted to be by herself. Because whenever she encountered another woman, they mock her. They threw bad stuff. They said bad things about her. And when men saw her, they didn't see her with respect. She wasn't respectful uh, uh, from other men. But when she encountered Jesus, this man respected her. This man looked at her differently. She saw a different look in Jesus. Because when Jesus looked at us, when we were saved, what a look. It's different. That same Jesus is here this afternoon. And he's looking at you with those eyes of love. He wants to rescue you. He wants to rescue your marriage. He wants to rescue your relationship with your sons, with your father. Jesus is an expert rescuing relationships. He knows how to do it better than your psychologist. He knows how to heal the sick better than doctors. He knows how to fix any problem. Because for those who believe, anybody believe this afternoon? For those who believe, everything is possible. Para el que cree, todo es posible. Dale una palma fuerte, Señor. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. So, when Jesus told her, well said, because you have, you have had five husbands, and the one you have is not even your husband, she was shocked. She said, oh, my God, because she had faith, some level of faith, obviously, because she mentioned this is, I mean, and this is the place. She said to Jesus, this is the place of praise and worship because our father prays over here and worship over here. And Jesus told her, well, the hour will come and this is the time when the father will search and he's looking for real praise and worship people, those who praise him in spirit and truth. It doesn't matter the place, it matters the heart and how you praise him from your heart. She was transformed. The Bible says, the bucket disappeared. She threw out the bucket and she ran. She came out for water from the well and she went back with the real water from heaven. <laughs> Praise be the holy name of Jesus Christ. She couldn't say still. She said, Jesus, give me a minute, she was touched, she was transformed. There was those river or living water already in her heart and she couldn't stand still. She ran back to the city and she met those men 
who didn't appreciate him, uh, her. She met those women who didn't appreciate her. And she said, I have found the Messiah, the prophet. Will you come and see? And guess what? Like I said this morning, before, they didn't want to see her. They didn't want to talk to her. They didn't want to listen to her. But now, this is another woman. And they saw something different when they saw her. Because when Christ entered your life, something has to change. You are a new creature. You talk different. You perform different. There's something within that says to the world, Jesus made me free. Hallelujah. When they saw her, they saw a changed woman. Cuando la vieron, dijeron, ¿qué le pasó? What happened to her? Is that the same woman? She looked different. How many times when you have, time has gone by, five years, ten years, but you don't see somebody. And you didn't know Jesus, 10 years ago, but you see these people, this person, after you met Jesus, and they say, what, what do you do? Your face, look, did you, did you do it? I mean, plastic surgery? <laughs> Let's be, you know, between you and me. <laughs> Your face, I mean, you look, I mean, younger. But there's something in you that I can't, that's the grace of God. That's the Holy Spirit. You shine, you shine. There's no powder, there's no makeup that can give you that. It's the Holy Spirit. There's no plastic surgery. It's only the Holy Spirit. It's the transformation of God in men and women that can give you that look. So they say, oh my God, what happened to her? Let's follow. And the Bible says that not two, three, five, ten. The whole city follow her. That woman that nobody wanted to talk to, now the whole city is following this woman. What a change. What an amazing God. And they came to Christ, and Christ, and, and, and Jesus preached to them. And they believed. Shortly after, the disciple that went for food came, and Jesus said, you are saying that there's still four months for the harvest. Look, the harvest is ready for you. Ocean Church, the harvest is ready out there for you. Go testify. Go and tell somebody how many great things the Lord has done for you. Do I have any weakness today that can say, Jesus, touch me. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, sanctify me. Jesus, transform my life. Anybody can say amen to that. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you bow your head for a minute? If there's anybody over here who do not know Jesus or met him but backslided a little bit, it's a little bit far away. 
this is your chance to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you receive Jesus as your Savior now, or you reconcile, raise your right hand right there where you are. I'm going to pray for you from here. Raise your right hand. God bless those hands. God bless those hands. God bless those hands. Keep, keep it up. Keep it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then some. Keep it up. Repeat after me. Dear God, I receive Jesus right now as my Savior. I repent of all my sins and I promise to serve Jesus all my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. I need you. Be my GPS. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. And there's baptism today if you want to be baptized. Pastor Mike with you. Thank you. Come on, can we give Pastor Urena a great big God bless you. Thank you, man of God. It's an honor to have you this morning. As he said, don't forget, we have the baptisms right after the service. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for salvation. Father, I thank you that we are seeing the kingdom of God populated even here today. Lord, we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Go with each and every one of your precious people this week in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed and said amen, amen and amen. God bless you, and we will see you next week.